I'm trying to think a second time about whether I should really preach this sermon or not, but I guess I'm at the place where there's no return. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to delve into this book. Well, you already know it from the notes that you probably have already seen in the uh, bulletin. Jumping in to Jeremiah's boots and trying to understand what the Lord is doing, not only in the ancient days of Israel and Judah, but also to reflect and draw from that the truth of who our God is and who he is to his people who are in distress or in places where we aren't comfortable. And we look to Egypt or we look to this place or we look to that place and try to find a place that we can hide or at least have some peace so we don't have to wear masks or social distancing and all of this that has suddenly come upon us and we're still adjusting, aren't we? And I think that was where Israel was and certainly where Judah was because there was two kingdoms. Israel, as we call it today, was actually divided as Israel and Judah. And unfortunately, Israel was passing off the scene because they had completely forsaken the Lord. But yet Judah was hanging on there, barely, barely. And on this scene comes two young boys, one to become the king of Judah at eight years old. Can you imagine becoming the emperor of Japan? No, I can't either. Imagine you becoming the emperor. But that was true of the new king, Josiah, who was eight years old when the throne was placed in his hands. Of course, he had counselors. But there was one counselor that he was looking for, and it didn't come until about 13 or 14 or 15 years after he had become king. And it just happened to be this person's name was Jeremiah. And he was just a kid himself, 17 years of age, when he began to prophesy. And he became well known as the weeping prophet. Let's read our passage, but let me just explain to you. I'm going to try to take just the heart of Jeremiah in three sessions. Normally, we would probably take a year or two to preach Jeremiah, and we'll just jump in and see what we have for us from the Lord. Father, we just pray your blessing now on your word. Speak to us now as only you can speak by your word, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm taking the heart out of, of Jeremiah, and we're looking at Jeremiah 9, verse 3, 6, 23, and 24 today. 
Let's read that. They bend their tongue like their bow. Lies and not truth prevail in the land, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me. And then skipping to verse 6. Your dwelling is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. This is our passage for this morning. But this is our overall outline for these three messages I will give. And it's on the A point that we're talking today, to know the Lord Number one, they do not know me. That's what we're going to be speaking about today. Number two, beginning of next month, they refuse to know me will be the title from verse six. And then we haven't set a date yet for the number three message. He understands and knows me with the conclusion. They do not know me. Jeremiah was a major prophet in Israel. I already went through this. And he especially was called to prophesy to the kingdom of Judah, by and large. Israel had fallen and was off the scene. Jeremiah began his prophetic ministry at the age of 17. Josiah, the king, at the age of eight, as I already said. The young king and the young prophet each had his place to call for God's covenant people to return to the Lord. Jeremiah is considered a major prophet, not just because of his many prophecies, but for the part he played in God's last call to a decadent and perverse people. He is also referred to as the weeping prophet, for his heartfelt prophecies, which were demonstrated by the book of Lamentations, which is credited to him. The book of Jeremiah is very significant in showing Father God's heart and patience with his people. We can take these admonitions and apply them to our hearts even today. They are not out of date. And so we will look at, they do not know me. Do you know what is astounding to me these days regarding this Corona-19 virus? We have been following the developments of the reaction of various nations to what we are understanding is a worldwide pandemic. And we all, of course, are affected by the worldwide reaction and the effect this has had on all of us, whether we're Asian, North or South American, European, African, even those in Oceania. The entire population of this planet has been impacted and is in more or less panic stage. But yet we are not really turning 
to the God with whom every human being has to deal with. As stated in Hebrews 4.13, this is an opportunity for us to seek the Lord and understand the days in which we're living. As we have been saying for these last few years, we as the people of God, the people who should know the word of God, need to understand the days that we're living in and realize that the God of heaven is giving us opportunities to reach our families, friends, and even those who we just happen to bump into or have a brief opportunity to speak to them about Father God's love demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ. I already said Jeremiah is called a weeping prophet for his heartfelt prophecies which were demonstrated in the book of Lamentations which are credited to him, but he also stood not representing himself, but he represented the God of heaven. We need to understand as Christians that when we are rejected by the world, it is not us the world is rejecting. It is our Lord Jesus Christ they have rejected and mocked. The Lord told Jeremiah at the very beginning of his call, in Jeremiah 1.17, Now gird up your loins, tighten your belt, and get ready, and speak to them all which I command you. Do not be dismayed before them, or I will dismay you before them. Wow! As if Jeremiah needed that last hit. Do not be dismayed before them, or I will dismay you before them. That word, brothers and sisters, is to us as believers. Whether we're just young believers, maybe just a week old, or we've known the Lord since we were a kid. This still is a heavy load for us to carry as people in our countries, in this nation, in the places that God puts us. Jeremiah, really, in terms of himself, way over in chapter 20, he says, Cursed be the day I was born. Let the day not be blessed when my mother bore me. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father saying, a baby boy has been born to you and made him happy. It was not a happy birthday for Jeremiah apparently, but this is not really about Jeremiah. It is about the Lord himself and his holiness, his reputation, and particularly that reputation before those who seek to walk a godly life and seek to know something more than what they've seen on TV or at a movie or read or seen or watched or idolized. This is about God. And so we as believers are not trumpeting ourselves as we walk in this world. We are realizing that this book is written to people who were rejecting our God and Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Number two is they refused to know me. 
In other words, they did not know the one who loved them best. They had no desire to know him. They closed their ears and hearts. You know, the amazing thing about Jeremiah was that he suffered so much as a prophet. If he had shut his mouth and let the people go on their willfulness and disobedience, it would have gone much better for him. His message was rejected. They tore up his scroll. He was put in stocks and mocked. He was thrown down into the muddy well and left to die. He was forced to leave Israel and finished his last days in Egypt. One of the main things that we need to embrace and understand in declaring ourselves as Christians is that we will have to face the same rejection by the world as Jesus himself faced. Your dwelling is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, declares the Lord. And then in Job, we go way back to one of the earliest books of the Bible. They say to God, depart from us. We do not even desire the knowledge of your ways. Who is the Almighty that they should serve him? And what should we gain if we entreat him? That was Job's cry. And point number three, he understands and knows me. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight declares the Lord, that he understands and knows me. That is the appeal that God is saying through Jeremiah, that he understands and knows me. In those days, Jeremiah 33:16, in those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell in safety and this is the name by which she will be called. I'm just going to apply it. This was spoken to the people of Israel, and specifically Judah. In those days, MCC will be saved. Jerusalem will dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she will be called. That's us. The Lord is our righteousness. He is the one who grants to us a reputation. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from our talents. It doesn't come from our lineage and our heritage of whatever that might be. The Lord is our righteousness. And that is how Jeremiah starts this off in his appeal to the people of Judah. We need to get that soundly into our hearts 
as believers today, there are so many things that distract us and bring us into a place where we are not adept. We are misfits. Now, this is an encouraging message that I'm supposed to be giving you. And I trust that it is. Because this is the word of the Lord. We are nothing. We are nothing, folks, until we stand alongside the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is our worth. And in the world today, we need to apply this to our lives and know that these are days when things are not going right. And we may feel awkward, like I feel awkward standing here preaching this. I'd rather be facing you and drawing reactions from you. But we need to trust in the Lord. He's our righteousness. He's the one that we come to for strength. And if you're feeling down and beaten down these days, I encourage you, even out there in Zoom land, know this, the Lord our God is our righteousness. That was the declaration of Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, the one who suffered over and over and over again. I don't have time, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to just buzz through this list of things that happened to Jeremiah. I highlighted the ones that I think we could relate to. People will not listen or answer Jeremiah. They treat us the same. People devised plans to bring him down. His own relatives betrayed him. He experienced social rejection, mockings, public ridicule. He was a laughingstock all day long. All his trusted friends are watching for his fall and ready to take revenge. He was forbidden to go into the temple. There's some churches, and we as well, you're not allowed to come here. That's worldwide. The church is being told you can only have so many people. And if you don't follow that restriction, we'll shut you down completely. That's what's happening to the church today. He was held under arrest in the courtyard of the guard until Jerusalem was captured. And here's what Jesus says. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this hard word, for this model, this person who loved you dearly and was a true prophet. 
May we follow in his train. May we be those who will dare to stand for righteousness. For you, Lord, are our righteousness. And there is no thing, no person, no cause other than to follow you, our righteousness. Bless congregations in this country. Give them confidence and understanding of the warfare that we are in and that they would rely upon you and not on their programs and not on their own power or their preaching. Oh, Father, have mercy. And we ask you for all your people throughout the earth these days that would stand for righteousness. This we cry in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.